Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. When women lead, share performance and profits go up 50%. Results are more powerful when everyone is empowered. This is the insight that brought the four founders of Beyond Barriers together. We came from a diverse set of leadership backgrounds with a common goal to close the gender gap at work and expand economic opportunities for everyone. Tune in each week as one of us interviews inspiring guests who share stories and cutting edge strategies that will help you learn what helped them go further faster. I'm Monica, your host for today's episode. Maricela Herrera Avila grew up in Mexico, working in male-dominated fields. While she didn't immediately know that leadership was her path, she eventually found herself as CEO of Elevate Network, the largest community for women at work focused on creating a culture of equity and inclusion in business. Maricela tells us about her path to becoming a CEO. Starting with her previous career in banking, After she realized this field wasn't for her, she set out on a path of curiosity and discovery that led her to where she is today. Learning how she turned a love for puzzles and how things fit together into her current role as CEO, Maricela had to switch her definition of success from what she learned from her upbringing. Instead, she focuses on learning along the way and both giving and taking when she's networking. She's always asking questions and listening to what people have to say. We learned a lot from Maricela's journey, and we know you will too. Visit GoBeyondBarriers.com, where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Maricela. Welcome, Maricela. Thank you so much for joining us on the Beyond Barriers podcast. We are thrilled to have you here. Um, So many synergies with your organization and ours, so I would love to learn more about it, as well as your own journey. Um, I know you have been with your organization for, you know, more than a decade or so, uh, but you were named recently in July 2022 the new CEO, which is phenomenal and a big win for us brown girls. It's, you know, love to see (laughs) another Latina at the helm. Uh, So talk to us a little bit about your journey um, in your career, what you've learned and, uh, you know, and how do you find yourself now sitting as the CEO of this large organization? Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is so much, I mean, even before the podcast, we were chatting about our organizations and it's already a lot of fun, a lot of yes. ideas. <laughs> um, so my journey um, was not linear at all. So mm-hmm. right now, as you said, I just got named CEO of Elevate Network, which is um, the largest community of women at work around the world. So what we mm-hmm. do, what we truly believe is that women and minorities don't feel like we belong in the workplace. It's not right. been constructed to fit our needs and mm-hmm. to help us thrive. And so there's this feeling of isolation that happens. And it's one of the reasons that a lot of women, particularly in the in this last few years, but minorities also decide to either leave their employer or leave the workforce. Mm-hmm. And so for us, is can we fix this loneliness epidemic? Can we help build spaces where people can come together, talk about their challenges, talk about work, see that they're not alone? And mm-hmm. then go back into their into their workplaces, and instead of saying "peace out," this doesn't work for me. Say, "Can we fix this?" Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what we do. We do a lot of it is about creating these conversations, connections, and safe spaces, mm-hmm. and um, helping each other get ahead. 
So if you think about that and would think about my career, you'd probably be like, oh, she worked in nonprofits or she was in some sort of advocacy role. And that's just really not my background. <laughs> um, I'm a former banker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started my career in Mexico. I was mm-hmm. in specifically in the north of Mexico funding like large scale mm-hmm. real estate projects. Mm-hmm. So you can think of the most male dominated of the male dominated industries in one of the most male dominated <laughs> countries. Yes. And regions. Um, so it was an interesting, it was an interesting time. And, and to be honest, I loved my mm-hmm. job, had a great mentor um, mm-hmm. that opened doors for me. And then I decided to go to business school with the idea. I'm going to go into bank, into banking in New York. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is I didn't like it. I didn't like the environment. Um, I didn't really feel like I belonged. I didn't Mm -hmm. really feel like it was for me. Um, So I I still kind of tried, you know, let's Mm -hmm. see, let's see what happens and did did the recruiting and all that stuff Mm -hmm. that one does. And then I met through a common friend from business school. I met Janet Hansen, who's the founder of Elevate. Yes. Before named 85 rods. Yes. And it, I mean, honestly, that like really changed my path completely. Um, I started talking to her. She became kind of a mentor. We started, she would ask me like opinions on her, the, the, the work that they were doing. And at some mm-hmm. point she was like, come join me instead. Like, just try it out for a year, you know, just, Mm -hmm. you know, I know you're still thinking of the finance side and you still want to go that route, but try it out for a year, see what, what, um, what happens. And 10 years, 10 years later, here I am still in the organization. I've seen it through a sale, a rebrand, um, exponential growth, pandemic and more. And, uh, like you said, just recently have, um, taken on the role of CEO. That is phenomenal. And I, like you said, it was a nonlinear and there was lots of, I would say maybe um, journeys around gaining that clarity, right? And and so let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, one of the things here beyond barriers that we focus a lot on is helping women really dig deep and find that clarity on you know, what do they want to be known for? What is that unique value proposition? Like, what are you passionate about? And how do you pull some of those things in there? And really kind of disrupting sometimes those generational curses Mm -hmm. that, you know, from a cultural perspective, like you and I, you know, coming from traditional Mexican American families where like we, they define success in a very, you know, limited fashion, right? Like if you want to be successful, you're the, you know, the banker, the lawyer, the doctor, you know, that kind of thing. Um, And you get to college or you get to the real world and you're like, oh my God, there are so many other things, right? right? So can you talk a little bit about, like you said, the crossroads where you were trying to decide banking or, you know, giving this other piece, you know, um, a try and, you know, funny aside, I used to partner and work with 85 Broads when I was at Goldman Sachs. I used to <laughs> focus on the women's initiatives and we did so many events together. And so it's just, um, you know, awesome to see how it's evolved. And, and yeah. um, but how did you gain that clarity? <sighs> I wish I had, I wish I could say, you know, I had a light bulb moment mm-hmm. of aha, mm-hmm. but actually it took me a lot of years. And if I'm being very transparent, it took me a lot 
of uncomfortable and unhappy conversations with myself. Mm. So I, um, like you were saying, like I, I was coming from this culture. I'm from El Salvador. My brother's a serial entrepreneur. I was coming from this, like, I'm success means I need to make money. Like Mm -hmm. first and foremost, doesn't matter anything else. And kind of did not sit well with me, but (laughs) I didn't really know what the whole thing was, but even, even with, you know, going to business school, I went to Columbia have most of my friends went into banking or consulting or like these Mm -hmm. very, you know, high paying, high demand, high stress jobs. And, and I, even when I said to Janet, yes, let me try this out for, for a little bit. I really thought I had made a mistake. Mm. I, for a while was like, did I just, you know, did I for choosing to go in a different route, mess up my chances of being successful? Mm. And it took me, I think, a lot of, honestly, also listening to other people and their experiences. That's why I think, Mm -hmm. you know, we're saying stories matter. Yes. And realizing how I was actually happy and happier than a lot of the (laughs) other people who were doing the thing that they were supposed to do. Um, I had always had like this sense of fairness in, in, in me. Like that's one of the things that really bothered me was when things weren't fair or Mm -hmm. equal. And having, you know, lived in Mexico, having, having worked at city and mm-hmm. being passed up by a promotion because the other dude can go and have tequila every other night with, <laughs> you know, the clients, mm-hmm. it kind of was always in that back of my mind. And I tell this story, the reason I decided to go work with Janet actually mm-hmm. was because I did, I was doing my last interview round with a small bank in Mexico mm-hmm. and they were like, okay, we're, we you know, you have to come meet the CEO, but like, we're really, really good. I think this is great. Um, There's only one question we have for you. And I was like, Mm. okay. And the question was, will you get married in the next couple of years? Because you really need to dedicate yourself to the job. (laughs) I was like, And so Do you ask that same question of your male, like, you know, candidates, it's just like, (laughs) it was like, and I remember like not even like thinking this isn't sitting well with me and called Janet afterwards. And I'm like, this just happened. And she's like, of course, it's not sitting well with you. Like, what do you, what do you think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I started kind of putting all these pieces into my head. Like there's this thing that bothers me. That's like, mm-hmm. things aren't equal. There's this need, particularly in large corporations and large industries that are very male dominated, like finance, Mm -hmm. um, that I wanted to be a part of, but then I felt like I didn't belong. Mm -hmm. There is this lifestyle of, for me, in in many ways, problem solving, like I'm I'm a problem solver, I love puzzles, Mm -hmm. make things fit together. And all of these things ended up being part of my job without me kind of realizing Mm, it. Like I was working for something that I really cared about that was purpose driven. That was, you know, it it, it was about fairness. It was about change, making some impact and change, particularly in the industries that I'd cared about. It was about problem solving because when I joined, we were three people. So like we were in a basement in Greenwich, Connecticut, just trying to figure it out. Um. And I felt really happy. And I remember like seeing my friends and yes, they were making a lot more money than I was, but I was like, I, I have to switch my definition 
of success. Mm. And now for me, success is, can I do something with my skill set that will make a difference to someone else? Not even, I'm not going to even go with like change the world because I wish, but if you can help one or two or a few people, that to me becomes success. So it, you know, it, it, it wasn't a moment of clarity so much as a journey of discovering what I really cared about. Mm, and that's so powerful. And I'm so glad you shared that, that there isn't this light bulb moment or, you know, there isn't this like, you know, we go through our program and we really try to help individuals define that clarity. But we tell them as soon as you finish this, the content, you're not going to have clarity. Like it's going to come as you go and you really start marinating on those questions about who am I and what do I enjoy doing and am I happy, right? And success is objective, right? You set your own definition of success. And I love what you said about, you know, being able to say like, I'm happy and all the things that I love doing, I'm doing in this job and I'm still getting paid and maybe not the extravagant paychecks that you would get in banking, but what's the trade-off? You know, what's the point of success if you're not fulfilled and you're miserable, right? So I loved that piece that you shared. So- With that, though, comes the need for a lot of that courage to have those courageous conversations with Mm -hmm. yourself, but others, family, you know, how do you break the ice to the family or how do you, you know, how do you, how do you really kind of dial into that internal validation opposed to like folding to the external validation of like, you're making the wrong decision, right? Um, I, I joke that my family still believes I'm an event planner. I think that that's <laughs> kind of how they define my job. If anyone asks them, and I'm like, there are these a conference as part of my job, but that's not what I do. Right. Um, it's, uh, it's really funny. You know, it was actually, I will say that the biggest naysayer was myself. Like it was mm. my, that little voice in your head that you're like, you're like, just criticizing and like doubting everything Mm -hmm. that you're doing. Um, I don't think it was, you know, let's have courage and, and, and talk about it. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of it was just first off the courage to see it and become Mm -hmm. more self-aware, which is very hard. I think Mm -hmm. that was helped. I think by some people around me, I think that there's a lot, you, sometimes we underestimate how much of courage comes from those, from your support system. Right. And how much of that is what, you know, sometimes you need someone to hold a mirror up to you. So mm-hmm. you're like, oh, okay, I'm not doing that. Yet. And mm-hmm. so interestingly, my family never really, you know, kind of said anything as long as like they knew I was living in New York, having a mm-hmm. good lifestyle. So they were like, oh, she's, she's great. She's successful. She can like right. <laughs> live. Um, so even though the success metric for them really was like, let's make money. It wasn't about like, let's like, like you said, make the whole bank that you would make in Mm -hmm. a different industry. It was like, have a good life. And so when I got to understand that, I was able to accept it more Mm -hmm. too, like not think I failed them, but you know what? I actually didn't because I am having a really good life and I am, you know, all the, all the sacrifices they made to put me through college or, you know, help me get to where I am paid off in a different right. way, maybe than my mm-hmm. brother, but it paid off. And my friends who 
I think were a big, big part of my support system here. I would very much and many times minimize the work mm-hmm. that I was doing. I was like, oh yeah, it's not as cool as like what other people are doing. Or it's, you know, it's not like I'm dealing with hundreds of millions of dollars like I mm-hmm. used to think. Um, and they were like, you're dealing with a lot of people. And, mm-hmm. and that kind of started uh, making me see the impact of what I was doing. Like you're dealing with a lot of people, you're helping a lot of people. So yeah, it, it was a lot of it, I would say, just the people I surrounded myself with. And they could mm-hmm. prove that um, it wasn't it wasn't going that bad. Mm-hmm. What if you knew exactly where to focus to go further, faster? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers and the ability to take action and gain unstoppable momentum to deliver results and advance. Take the Beyond Barriers Momentum Metric Quiz to get a personalized report on the five C's, core categories used to measure and accelerate success. Visit gobeyondbarriers.com slash quiz to get your report today. What I'd love to ask you about is the, the you know, there was courage in kind of the decision and you pursuing and, and you know, switching from like banking and investment banking to um you know, this world where you are with, with Elevate and really thinking about um, creating community, creating safe space, all of these things. But I can't, you know, I know personally making that kind of a switch. Was there any kind of like limiting beliefs in terms of, do I know what I'm doing? You know, I've studied and I know this world of finance and banking, and now I'm going into a completely different place. How did you how did you get past maybe some of those fears or limiting beliefs? But then how did you also learn? How did you ramp up and really kind of embrace this work that you were now doing? I mean, the limiting beliefs and the imposter syndrome and all that good stuff still still happens. I'm not going to lie. The last three <laughs> months as I've took, taken on this role, I'm like, I, do I know what I'm doing? And yet mm-hmm. I had been CEO of the company for several years. So right. I do know what I'm doing, but I just don't see it sometimes. Uh-huh. Um, I would say from changing from something that was very like structured and I had learned and studied and then went, you mm-hmm. know, something that was more unknown. It was, I leaned on things that weren't, that weren't textbook, just so to speak. So mm-hmm. when I was at City, the, the team or the group I was part of was new. It mm-hmm. was my, my boss, his boss, me and like two other people in a different city. Mm-hmm. So like I said before, I really like puzzles and I really like problem solving. So I first took it on as like, let me fix all the processes here or let me like do all these <laughs> things. Um, Cause I don't like how they're doing them. So I'm just going to do it. And right. thankfully my boss really, really trusted me and helped me, you know, kind of encouraged me to do that. So when I, when Janet like, told me, invited me to come work here, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what I'm going to do because I don't know what I'm going to find. That mm-hmm. was my biggest fear, I would say. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go into this place that has been run as a passion project by the owner, founder for so many years. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a black box. I don't know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. How am I going to deal with that? And that is, I would say, where I leaned on 
the mentality of like, okay, let's think of this as a, as a startup. Let's mm-hmm. think about this as a business that's just starting to grow. Right. Um, even though it's been around for a lot of years, but like I said, it was more of a passion project. And mm-hmm. let's think about my old experience at the bank as an entrepreneurship experience. Like let, let's think of this building of this team and like, what are the things that I learned? What were what the things that were bothering me and mm-hmm. how can we make them come to life in a different company? And the way I learned most of it was honestly just talking to our customers, talking mm-hmm. to most of people. We have a lot of people and thankfully, and you probably have the same, thankfully because of the, the nature of what we do, People mm-hmm. are willing to talk to you because they want this to be better. They want this thing to be what it could be. Right. And learning. So like I had, I had some un- uncomfortable conversations where, you know, I remember one of our chapter leaders, our volunteers in LA mm-hmm. was flying to New York. I had been in the job for a month and she's like, let's, let's have dinner. Sure, mm-hmm. Let's have dinner. And she just starts telling me everything that's wrong with like the things that we're doing and how we're doing them. <laughs> and I was just like staring at her. And I remember being <laughs> being like, hold on. Uh-huh. I've been here a month. Let's slow down because I do need to hear all these things. Uh-huh. But I can't fix them right now. <laughs> right. So like mm-hmm. let's start, let's start slow. Um and I think that that helped being open to those conversations. And this person is now one of my best friends, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it was that it was talking to customers, talking to people. And since I didn't really have a team that had been there before, like there mm-hmm. were a couple of people who had worked there. Um, but my role wasn't it because mm-hmm. it, it was a little, it was pretty different. And, so I, I definitely leveraged them, but mostly I think I went, I went to the source. I went to, you know, who are we trying to serve? How can we serve them better and go from there? That's fantastic. And I loved what you said about, you know, um, that powerful communication of you're like, hold on a minute. Like I need to hear all of this, but like, let's be realistic, right? Let's manage kind of the expectations. Let's take all of these things, but we can't boil the ocean. So that in my mind says that, you know, and given that the way you've described yourself and being COO for many, many years, um, that you really do sometimes break things down in terms of prioritizing. Oh yeah. I think that is kind of a magical skill. Um, of being able to know to focus on the right thing at the right time. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like describing your typical day and how do you ensure that you you and your team and everybody is effective on executing, but on the right thing at the right time? Because we know that we could stay busy and do a lot of things, but not really get anything done, right? So how do you do that? How does the mind of a like you're someone like you, COO, like make that happen? I do it very badly. Um, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll I'll be honest. Um, I agree a hundred percent that being able to prioritize is one of the most important things. I have a tendency that is something that I, I it took years, and I and I think it's one of the skills that if you can develop, and mm-hmm. if you can only develop it by doing it and trying mm-hmm. to do it, it's one of the the more powerful, powerful skills. Sorry, my Spanish is going to mm-hmm. start coming out. <laughs> um, and it's like the, the zooming in and zooming out. So yes. like seeing the, the 10,000 
foot view of what's happening and then being able to zoom down and see the trees. Yes. Um, that's, I think, how I try to try to see things mm-hmm. and then group them together. So, like, this is a big problem we're trying to solve for gender equity in the workplace. Huge problem. How do we, you know, build a team, for example, that can help mm-hmm. that? Then you can start narrowing it down into what are the things that we need in that mm-hmm. team to build something. And honestly, I just surround me surround myself with really good people that know how to prioritize. Mm, I, yes, uh, yes, our head of taught of product and uh, technology. I always tell her she is one of the few people who can like take the things that are in my head and make the make sense to everyone mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Um, I am very much about the idea of find partners to work with within mm. your company. Um. And yes, you know, we have the KPIs and we have a KPI tree and like making sure that everyone understands how their work fits into the bigger picture of the organization, how everything they do is going to be tied to revenue and how revenue in something like ours, which is mission driven company, how revenue mm-hmm. then ties to mission. And if if we can get people to understand their role and feel ownership of that mm-hmm. and the whole work and prioritization becomes a little bit easier because they mm. know that they're all striving for the same thing um so i would say that's been one of the the biggest the biggest biggest mm. thing and then the other is just communication and that one i think is the biggest or the hardest mm-hmm. in us in a team of this uh, of our size we're just 16 people mm-hmm. which sounds like we should all be able to communicate but there's studies <laughs> that show and i yes absolutely agree that after a team reaches 12 mm-hmm. it becomes a different beast yes absolutely. and then it doesn't until it, it a different beast when it turns to 50 and so mm-hmm. on um so communication has been one of the challenges like how do you actually continue to keep each other abreast of what your priorities are and what you're working on um mm-hmm. we do a lot of just slack updates and things like that mm-hmm. but but I think the ownership mindset, and I, I actually think that that's something that's been missing for a while mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. from from business. And I love I love talking about our team and our culture at Elevate because I kind of, in a way, try to use it as a little bit of a let's try this out and see, you know, how it works, and can we almost make little experiments with our team that can then work um, mm-hmm. better somewhere else, and. Yeah, when studies show that people right now, what they want is to be treated as adults. Yes. They want mm-hmm. flexibility to make their own decisions, to make their decisions about the work that they do, who they work with, mm-hmm. what, where they work from, what times they work. And so it just ties really well to this idea of like sense of ownership and then yes. um, clear, clear goals. That's so insightful. And I think what you said in terms of Finding people, finding the subject matter experts or finding the people who have the superpowers that you don't, right? And Mm -hmm. so knowing what your superpowers are and maybe what your kryptonite is, is so powerful. And so like you said, learning really quickly of like what you're good at and what you're not good at and tapping others to help you. And so let's dig into that a little bit because sometimes, um, you know, sometimes working with a lot of women, career-focused women, and sometimes BIPOC professionals where we're told, put your head down, work really hard. Um, and there's this, for whatever reason, this intrinsic need to feel like you have to do it all yourself. 
or else you're less than. Oh, yeah. And then you get left behind, right? Because you can't, your output just can't be as much as, you know, others who, you know, are leveraging the good old boys network. And if they can't get it done, who do they know who can help them get it done or get it across the finish line? How, how did you, you know, learn to embrace that and, and get away from this idea of like, I've got to do it all myself? I don't know if I have completely, but because it's, it's so ingrained in us. Yes, it like, is. We are so bad at asking for help and mm-hmm. so bad at like pausing and seeing things from a different angle. I think that's what helps me a lot of like pausing and that zooming out and being like, oh, mm-hmm. what can I do? I'm mm-hmm. a huge, again, huge, huge, huge advocate for really learning about yourself. Like really becoming self-aware is probably the best thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, so what you're talking about the like leveraging your network or leveraging the people that are around you. When mm-hmm. I came to, when I came to 85 Rods back in the day, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know about this networking thing. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it's like in Latin America, I don't know, in El Salvador and Mexico where I used to work. Yes, the network is the most important thing, but it's kind of like you already know them. You're not like building your network. It's <laughs> right. very already closed. Mm-hmm. Um, versus here where it's like, oh, go and meet people, go and like try to expand. And mm-hmm. I was, I kind of couldn't really get my head around that until someone actually told me networking is just helping other people. And that resonated for me because I'm really bad at asking for help, but I am very good at offering help. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where it started. Like as Mm -hmm. I was seeing other people struggling with their stuff, I could be like, Hey, here's how I can Mm -hmm. help you. And then I would learn very quickly what their strengths were. And I was like, at some point, you're just like, why would I do this on my own? Like, right. Why mm-hmm. would I? It's not going to be as good if I do it on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that it was kind of flipping the way I approached it. Yes. Um, and starting with me offering the the support and the help and then realizing, mm-hmm. you know, this thing that we did together is much better because we did it together. So let me see if but the things that I'm doing can be better if they're if they're um collaborated with someone else. Yes. I love what you just shared of really kind of flipping it on its head and thinking about this idea of reciprocity, right? Like I can help them. Um, and then you realizing, oh, they're really good at this. And so, you know, let's partner. Um, I had a similar kind of epiphany when, you know, this whole idea around networking and having a really hard time to ask for help, mm-hmm. but I was always really good at helping others and offering my help and like, you know, and at one point someone says, be careful, like, don't be the martyr, right? Like you you need to ask for help as well. And then I finally had a mentor tell me, listen, you know, I know that I'm here to mentor you, but every time I offer help or whatever, you're like, no, no, no. Like, I don't want to be a burden. Like I can do this on my own. Just give me some guidance. And she was like, she's like, do you feel really good when you help others and you know, you help them cross the line? And I'm like, yes. And she was like, well, you're robbing me of that same satisfaction. She's like, you aren't allowing me to help you um, and give back. And so she was like, you keep giving, but you're not taking, but it's robbing me of being able to give to you. And I was like, it blew my mind in that moment of like, oh my God, like I'm robbing you of the opportunity to give. And yes, like, okay. And then after that, I'm like, okay, it is a two-way street. 
and I can't just keep giving and putting in, you know, others want to do the same. And so ever since then, it kind of like for me, I had to flip it the other way too, of like thinking, okay, let me give them the opportunity to help me and move it forward. That's such a great way to think about it. I like that is, that is really, really great. Like what your mentor said, like, it's very, it's very true. I I hadn't thought about it that Mm -hmm. way. One yeah. thing I would say too that helped me ask with the asks and with like getting people mm-hmm. more involved and not keeping my head down necessarily on my own is um, I'm just very curious. So I'm a very mm-hmm. curious person. Mm-hmm. And so if I saw someone that's very good at something else, it's not that I necessarily want to learn it and do it mm-hmm. the way that they do, but I might be a little curious about like, hey, what can we talk about that might be interesting? Um, so embracing curiosity, I think is also a very good, a very good yeah. way to start. And that's, that's really important because this is going to lead into my last question before we get into the lightning round questions. But this, you know, the idea around curiosity and needing to constantly now be learning, especially in this day and age where everything is changing. And now you're in this new role, right? And you, cause you had, you know, you were CEO and you had it down pat. You were like, you know, rockstar CEO. Now, now CEO, now you're CEO. How do you learn? Like, how are you making sure that you're staying ahead of the curve and you're forecasting and you're thinking about what's what's next? Um, what do you do? You know, what are some of the things that you do to kind of make sure that you are learning and staying ahead of the game? I'm a nerd. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> there are like 20 books on my coffee table that you can't see right now. Um that I'm all I'm always reading something. I'm always reading a, a silly book for before bed and two to three business books. Um, so that's one. But I, I I go back to what I was said at the beginning, listening to our customers. Mm. So a lot of what we deal with, which is similar to what you deal with, I think is like, what are the changing trends in the workplace? What are the changing attitudes of people towards work? And what are the changing, um, you know, for us, a lot of it too, what are the changes in women's rights in mm-hmm. other areas too? And if you listen to the people around you, like not just your customers, but my friends, other people, mm-hmm. you start learning about their problems mm-hmm. and you can start seeing the trends. So like a lot of what I've been doing lately is just listening, um, mm-hmm. going to events that we host and meeting people, mm-hmm. uh, talking to my friends. Every time we're at dinner, I will eventually bring up a question of like, so do you think companies are more human lately and it becomes a whole debate and then I, <laughs> right. I you know end up end up writing an article about it mm-hmm. uh, so that's i think listening to people has been one of the best um and then talking to other people who have been in my role so at elevate we have um this program it's called squads and mm-hmm. we do it's a 12 week program we do it twice a year and you're matched with about 6 to 9 other women who are in similar roles mm-hmm. or similar stages of their career. And you meet with them 30 minutes a week, um, mm-hmm. once a week. And it, that's been really helpful because mm-hmm. in specific, specifically in my squad, there's someone else who has been three months uh, CEO in mm-hmm. her company. And so we're both like, what do we do? And she was also the COO before. Right. So it, it's, it becomes this like mm-hmm. give and take of advice because a lot of the things that I don't know. I really don't know that I don't know them. So it's, right. it's been a little bit of surprise. And thankfully, Christy, who is the former CEO, and I are very good friends. And so I like text her if I need anything. Mm-hmm. But um, 
but yeah, but I think that the talking to other people who are navigating the same business environment, mm-hmm. the same situation um, has been helpful. And yeah. and then really a pulse on reading and, you know, subscribe to a thousand newsletters. Yes. I think what you said is really powerful. Um, you know, you talked about constantly seeking out additional mentors and sponsors that are, you know, on the same path as you, or maybe just a little bit ahead of you. And I think it's really important because, you know, we sometimes get to a point in our career where the hat flips, where you used to be the mentee and now you're the mentor, and then you forget to keep seeking out that guidance and mentorship. And I think that's really important and powerful um, to to talk about. And I would say, so you don't realize how much you learn from your peers, even if they're not necessarily a lot further ahead than you are. It's different Mm -hmm. situations that you've encountered that can help each other. But also we tend to look into our own company or our own industry for these, you know, mentors or sponsors. And I understand the sponsor part because you need them to advocate for you. But we do tend to be like, oh, let me look for someone who is also the, you know, CEO of uh, an organization that deals Mm -hmm. with gender equity. And the reality is you learn so much more from people who are outside your industry Mm -hmm. that you don't, you sometimes discount it. Mm -hmm. But I've had conversations, some of my best conversations in the last three months have been with executive directors of a nonprofit. That was a great, like learned a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with what I do, but and, you mm-hmm. know, let's focus on the arts and whatever And it, but I learned a lot. And this person that I was saying, is like a CEO of a fashion company. So it's, it's completely different and completely right. different ways of work, but the problems mm-hmm. are pretty similar. Right. That's really, really powerful. Um, so on to our lightning questions. And I'm going to, I love this first question because you just self-admitted that you're a nerd like me and we read a lot. And 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 so this one might be actually kind of hard, right? Because you read so many, but what book has greatly influenced you? Oh, how much time do we have? This was very yeah. hard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so if I go, so I, I thought about this a lot because I was like, oh, I can go with like the ones that have influenced me on the business side and I can give some recommendations on that side, which I'm happy to do. But my favorite book of all time since I was a kid is mm-hmm. The Little Prince. Mm, yeah. So much so that I have it tattooed on my arm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, and I think that that would be for me the book that has in, like, influenced me the most. It was a book that my mom gave to mm-hmm. me when we were when I was little she would read to me and uh I read I have no idea how many times I've read it but uh-huh. the like little messages that you get from that book whether it's you know everything that's true is seen with the heart not the eyes mm-hmm. and, um you know the 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 fox and being tamed and like yes. belonging to someone and being you know a a pair that is much stronger than a than a mm-hmm. solo, which is what happens with the little prince and the and the mm-hmm. fighter, a flyer pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that's been the most the most impactful. A lot of it has been very much. It's very philosophical in many ways, and mm-hmm. it's so funny that it is a kid's book. But it's like every time I read it, I come back with something else. Um, but then just to balance it out with my nerdy side. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for the feedback is a great book. (laughs) Oh, yes. Thanks for the feedback. I love that book. And it it helps you have a much more um, 
loving relationship with feedback as feedback being a gift opposed to where we cringe and we're like, don't give me the feedback where you can't get enough of it afterwards. If do you learn how, how powerful that is? I love it. Yeah. I, I love that book. And I, on the train of being like self-aware and getting to know yourself, I think that that's a great tool because that way you're going to absorb and respond more to what other people are saying around you about yourself that you might not see. Mm, I love it. I love that book. I love both of them. Um, what is your favorite inspiring quote or saying? Ah, hmm. So I, I, I have a few things that I say repeatedly. Might be not inspiring, um, but my favorite would be those who don't know their history are bound to repeat it. Mm, that is I yes. that is something that I also is from when I was younger. I mean, I grew up in El Salvador through the war. Mm-hmm. So it was ingrained in me from my parents and from, mm-hmm. you know, that situation of like, you need to know what happened in the past mm-hmm. so you don't make the same mistakes again and again. I think this country needs to um Take start a listening a little bit yes. with that quote too. <laughs> I totally agree. Oh my God. It, it just, it hit me very differently hearing it right now. That is amazing. Um, what is one word or moniker that you would use to describe yourself? I hate this because the word I'm going to say is such a trite word. Like it's been yeah. used so much, but yeah. um, I would say I'm authentic. I'm very transparent. Mm. Um, and I pride myself on being very transparent. Yeah. So but it's powerful. I mean, just the authenticity itself. Um, it brings so much, I would say, courage and just just almost that calm of like, you know who you are and there's power in it. Um, yeah. I think it's powerful. I love it. Yeah. What's one change, habit, behavior, action that you implemented that made your life better? I became a runner. That mm. changed my life, I would say. I was actually thinking about this question and I was like, Oh, I quit smoking. I did this, I did that, but really becoming a running a runner was probably one of the biggest changes. It was pre pandemic mm-hmm. that I started. I hated running. I like absolutely hated it. And now I'm training for the New York city marathon, which is happening in a wow. few weeks. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, the reason I say it like was life changing is because of a few things. One, it's, you know, health wise, great exercise. Mm-hmm. But B, it forced me to take time for myself. And that Mm. I think has been the best part about it. Because I just four times a week, at least Mm -hmm. for an hour, I'm, it's my me time. It's my, you know, get out my endorphins, get out my stress. It's, it's my time for me. So Mm. I don't know if it's so much about the running or of the making time for myself, Mm -hmm. but uh, those two. Yeah, it's habit stacking. It's beautiful habit stacking, but I love it. The that's so that's so important. Um, and this is one is my favorite. So, given that you do, um, you know, attend lots of events, ones that you you and your organization put on, what power song do you like playing when you walk out onto a stage? That was a very hard question. But really, okay, okay. It was so hard. <laughs> um, and I would go with just a girl from, from uh, No Doubt. Oh, yes. I love that song. All right. 
Well, thank you so much uh, for taking the time and, uh, you know, being here with us and sharing your story. I think, you know, you shared so many amazing, uh, insightful nuggets that I think will resonate so much with our listeners. So um, I know we always get this. People, you know, reach out or say this is really great. How what's the best way for, you know, others to follow you to, you know, get plugged in, hear more of your, you know, brilliant nuggets, pearls of wisdom. Uh, What's the best way? LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn and that's where I post most of my musings, so to speak. Uh (laughs) And I can easily be found there. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for your time. It's been amazing. And I look forward to staying connected and and seeing, you know, how we too can partner and just lift each other up. Me too. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend, or share what you've learned on LinkedIn and tag us. We love hearing from our audience. Visit us at gobeyondbarriers.com, where you can subscribe and find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests.